Welcome to the Nourished Woman podcast, hosted by yours truly, Gabby Worsrink, holistic nutritionist and passionate women's health educator. Together on this podcast, we are going to open up the conversation around hormones, holistic healing, relationships, self-development, and everything in between, so you can feel empowered, educated, and ready to take your health and life into your own hands. Hi guys, happy Monday. I hope you had a great and restful weekend. We had Arthur's birthday celebrations yesterday, so we made a really nice dinner and a nice dessert for him, and it was just um, a nice time, a nice quiet time with him. So yeah, we celebrated his birthday this week, and then next week's my birthday, so it's the month of birthdays, and then we also have like his ne- his nephew's birthday, his niece's birthday, his dad's birthday. There's like a whole lot of birthdays this month, um, but yeah, so that was our little celebration this week, and then I'm also excited this week because I'll be getting my nourished women journals fingers crossed if everything goes accordingly i know with the pandemic and covid everything's been shifted so hopefully we'll get them this week but i've sent out um, update emails to people on friday if you ordered one so you should have one in your um, inbox check the promotions tab if you can't find it but yes so hopefully i'll be getting them this week and then we can ship them out right away to get them into your hands i'm super excited for you guys to get them and then i also will have a few extra so If you are interested, you didn't get one and you really want one um, this round, I will actually have a few extra up for sale. So keep an eye out for that. But yes, so that's going on this week. And then I'm also have enrollment open for the Nourish Heal Manifest group coaching program that I have running. So that's going to start February 8th. And the first four people who sign up are going to get a free little goodie box that has the Nourished Woman Journal, the Dry Brush, the Sleep Mask, the Scrunchie, and a few other little goodies. So if you are interested in the group coaching program, we're going to be diving really into mindset, releasing limiting beliefs, um, learning how to track our cycle and tune into our cycle, understand our hormones and nourish the body and truly listen to ourselves and try to block out all the noise and just simplify everything really because I've noticed that there's a trend with a lot of my clients is that they're missing this piece of the puzzle that's their mindset and also learning to tune into their body, go with their intuition and just um, do that instead of listening to all these influencers and nutritionists and the whole wellness world, it can get so overwhelming. So honestly, I can't wait to go into this. We're going to have weekly live calls. We're going to have a private group where we can have handouts and a really great community and and, um, connection in there. So I'm super excited to run it. But if you want any more information about that, I will have it linked in the show notes. Um, But yeah, that's all going on this week. We have prep for that. And then we also have the journals. There's a lot of fun stuff happening. But anyways, I want to dive into today's topic. So today we're going to be talking all about fats. And I talk about fats because... This is probably one of the number one things I've been working on with clients. And one of the first things I ask them is what kind of fats or oils do you use to cook with? And the reason I ask this is because this can make or break our health. And fats are something that we're consuming in every single meal. We use them to cook our veggies. Um, They're in your your meats. Um, We use them to make different snacks. We use them. they're They're in a lot of processed packaged foods. They're just everywhere. So we're consuming them in small amounts every single day, whether we notice it or not. So a lot of clients will say, oh, well, you know, I use... Um, coconut oil to cook with but I'm like okay well what is in you know your crackers or your chips or your takeout food or whatever it might be so it's super important to focus on mainly what we're consuming all the time not what we're consuming once in a while so like I still have an A&W burger once in a while or I will still have fries for my favorite place um we're actually lucky though because in Collingwood we have a brewery called Northwinds and they actually make duck fat fries 
so delicious and better than vegetable oils. So it's, we're really lucky we have that here, but, um, yeah, it's fine if you're eating these things once in a while, but we have to look at what we're consuming every single day. So I always ask clients, what oils do you use to cook with? And then I also ask them, you know, what are common packaged foods or pre-made things that you make? And then there's no shame around this because I know all of us have busy lives or we just don't want to take the time to make stuff from home. So we want to have easy, quick, convenient things. But we have to look at what are in these ingredients um, of these products and what are we consuming day in and day out because small, tiny amounts may not seem like a lot, but they add up over the grand scheme of things. So we're going to talk first about the two main types of fats. So we have saturated fats and polyunsaturated fats. Um, polyunsaturated fats are commonly known as PUFAs, if I say that or if you hear it around in the wellness world or wherever. Um, so saturated fats first are really simple. I'm not going to go too far into them, um, but they contain hydrogen atoms in their chemical makeup. So this makes them really stable when heated and consumed by the body because our body is hot. Our body's warm. When you consume foods inside, it gets heated up and warmed. So it has a really positive impact on our cells. They are really good at promoting blood sugar balance. They're really good at calming the body. They're really good at creating healthy cells. So these would be fats like coconut oil, grass-fed butter, or ghee, egg yolks, raw cacao butter, tallow, lard, things like that. It also does matter though as well what kind of um, animals these are coming from. So if it's tallow from a cow that consumes a really processed diet that's not grass-fed, that's not organic, that's not pasture-raised, then it's not going to have those healthy nutrients and ratios of fats. Whereas if you get a grass-fed butter that's from a cow who grazes um, and isn't being fed things like canola or soybean or flax, then you're good to go. So really, it's really important to not only look at, okay, grass-fed butter is just butter, but look at, okay, well, what did that cow consume? Because what that cow consumed also impacts the outcome of that butter. So another important thing to think about. Um, and then we have polyunsaturated fats. So polyunsaturated fats are mostly from plants. So you can look at it that way. Um, they're usually liquid at room temperatures and um, they lack that hydrogen atom. So the one that saturated fats has that makes them unstable so they're they're lacking that so they're unstable so they oxidize very easily which means that they go through a chemical process when they're exposed to heat or light um, which makes them go rancid and they actually create free radicals and these free radicals can drive inflammation they can make you age faster they can damage gut health a big one is that they can actually contribute to insulin resistance, which is a huge epidemic right now. Um, we have a lot of people who are diabetic, type 2 diabetic, a lot of people who are pre-diabetic, a lot of people who have PCOS that have insulin-related uh, PCO PCOS. So essentially, insulin resistance makes your cells so inflamed and rigid that they don't allow insulin to come in and lock onto the cell. So I always think of insulin as the key that locks onto the cell, opens it up, and allows the sugar or glucose in your bloodstream to go inside the cell, and that fuels your cell. So if you're feeling really bogged down, you have no energy, no matter what you eat, you're always craving sugar or need some kind of boost of energy, if you have PCOS, if you have low progesterone, and high androgens this is a huge factor in that and that I commonly see with people because we're constantly being exposed to inflammatory things um, we're constantly stressed and this can all contribute to cell rigidity and insulin resistance so really important to note that especially if you're struggling with PCOS or insulin resistance or anything like that this is a huge factor another important thing to know is that our cells are essentially created 
and made up of all the fats that we consume. So if we are make if we are consuming a lot of these polyunsaturated fatty fatty acids, our cells are made up of these PUFAs, we're going to be more susceptible to damage from the sun. And then we can commonly see things like hyperpigmentation, sunspots, liver spots, because it also impacts our liver as well. And that can show up in the skin. So these oils, um, like canola oil, vegetable oil, cottonseed oil, flax oil, sunflower oil, all these types of oils are really anti-metabolic, anti-thyroid, and they are used to fatten up cattle. So this is why I also said it's super important to not only look at the ingredients of your foods, but also look at how your the animals that you're consuming are being raised, but also the fats from those animals or the dairy from those animals, because that can make up the composition and the quality of those fats. Um, so we really want to make sure that we're choosing grass-fed cattle, um, free rain, pasture-raised, all those types of things, because they're going to be um, living their most natural life and they're going to have the most nutrient dense and healthy makeup of their um, food, of the, the meat, of the dairy, of the fats, whatever it might be. Another one that's off the side here is olive oil. So olive oil is monounsaturated fat. So it's not stable for cooking temperatures. So it's better for cold use, drizzled on or top um, on top of food, sorry, or as a dressing. So I always like to choose that as like a topping. And um, it's just really important to understand the the two um, categories there. So that's why I wanted to go over saturated fats and polyunsaturated fats, just like a super basic understanding of those guys. So I'm going to dive a little bit into the history of how we got here because I find this super interesting and I think some of you might too, Um, but the history of these oils. So these industrial seed oils, um, like cottonseed oil, were used for fuel for lighting. They were used during the war for greasing machinery. They were used for making soaps and things like that. Um, but they had a lot of these oils and they were always trying to figure out how to use it in other ways. So in comes William Proctor and James Gamble. So Proctor and Gamble, they were soap makers in the late 1800s and they were wanting to use cottonseed oil for something besides the soaps that they were making. Um, so we have this German chemist, E.C. Kaiser, who contacted them and they, he was also in Cincinnati at the time and he wanted to help them create um their soap or a lard-like product so they could have something that was an alternative to lard um, through the process of hydrogenation. So taking these liquid oils that are always liquid at all temperatures into making it more of a solid um, substance that was similar to lard or butter, margarine, things like that. So they started to market it to housewives as a better alternative to their current choice of cooking fats, which was commonly lard and butter at the time. So they actually started to make recipe books and cookbooks to show people that it was a perfect substitute and they could easily use it in their cooking. It was also cheaper. I believe it was like 10 cents cheaper per, I don't know if they went by pound or what it was, but it was cheaper. So that was another incentive is that it was cheaper than butter or lard and you could still use it in the same way. So this is actually where in history we took the worst turn in the food industry and it's probably one of the worst health scams that's still being fed to people today. I mean, we commonly see it with um, base cell. If you're in Canada, I don't know. I think base cell is Canadian. I'm pretty sure. Cause I don't think you ever see it in the States. Um, but base cell is doing it all the time. Like their products are horrible for you. They're mainly canola based, um, and sunflower oil based. And they have products now that they, they really, you know, 
go off of trends, health trends and and food trends. So they'll have like an olive oil, you know, thing. So it looks, I'm looking at it right now and it looks so pretty. It's like, oh, it's green. And it says, you know, it takes your health to heart. Maybe with olive oil, plant-based oils, and it sounds so great. But if you look at the ingredients, canola and sunflower oil make up 68% of it. Then it's water and then olive oil is only 6%. And then they also add in modified palm and palm kernel oils. And they add in synthetic vitamins um, like vitamin A palmitate, which is actually really bad for us in synthetic form. So as you can see, you know, it was so easy for them to come in and show people that, wow, this is a perfect substitute. It's cheaper. It's better for your health. And they're still doing it to this day. Um, So at that time, people began to use vegetable shortening, margarine and vegetable oils for cooking and baking. Um, And then this is where it really got ramped up was in the 50s, Procter & Gamble actually donated a really hefty amount of money to a group of cardiologists who were part of the American Heart Association, which was still in its early days at that time. So having that amount of funding was huge for them, but there was just one small detail. They wanted them to create science and to create a belief that Crisco, uh, margarine and vegetable oils, were better than animal and saturated fats and that they quickly demonized butter and lard and any of these saturated fats um, because they wanted their Crisco, their product Crisco to become a staple in most households. And it's now used in most processed foods. And it still to this day is uh, an option that a lot of people tend to go for. And they still think is better than having straight up butter or lard or coconut oil. Um, So I think it's really important to understand that all science has a bias. Scientists and corporations are able to easily manipulate data. And if they want a specific outcome, they will find it. So if they've created a product that's super cheap, that is you know spreadable like butter and you know isn't necessarily healthy for people but they're able to make it look healthy they're all for it right so you start to realize that everything's kind of connected in real life um and it just blows my mind too that the canadian hardest i don't know what the canadian one is Canadian Heart Association, but Basel is essentially touted as a healthy like heart option, which is just so frustrating because it really isn't. Um, and it's not good for heart for heart health. It's not good for insulin resistance. It's not good for diabetes. It's not good for your metabolism, not good for your hormones. Um, so yeah, I won't rant too much on that, but I just want you guys to step back and take a look at like, okay, who is benefiting from being uh from telling the this information or spreading this information so that's a little bit of the history of how we got to this point and how they actually were able to swap the fats and oils that we were using and i mean if you look at history too from that time of when they started to do this we've only seen an increase in in disease heart disease and diabetes um in hormonal issues and infertility cancer there's been so many issues and i think that we've been focusing on the wrong things we've been focusing on like carbs and sugar and yeah processed sugar like high fructose corn syrup is horrible and it's even more of a horrible combination when it's mixed with these industrial seed oils but i think we've been really targeting the wrong area and we really need to focus on not demonizing these um, like saturated fats that are healthy and not demonizing sugar, but rather these industrial seed oils that are like the root of all inflammation and is in everything. Um, so that's just my little story about that and how we came to this point. Um, but if you want some more information about it and you're super interested in in fats and, and all this industrial seed oil stuff, I really recommend checking out uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation. So they have a really amazing website with tons of articles and information they have really great books i love their 
books. I just started reading the Nourishing Traditions book. They have Nourishing Broth book, and they also also have a Nourishing Fats book that I want to get. That's on my, next on my list. Um, but I really, really enjoy their information because it's all about traditional eating, what our ancestors ate, and really goes back to just simplifying nutrition because I think we've everything's been so complicated because everything has been. Um, involved with money and corporations and businesses and influence and I think if we just go back to like okay how did humans eat traditionally like what was the bulk of it or you know why can't we just go back to the basic items not why do we need processed sorry processed foods like margarine or basil or whatever these products are to be healthy like that was never in our diets this is still fairly new in human history and we've been only the sickest in human history in the past, you know, 100 years or so. So anyways, I wanted to just share all this for you guys, just a food for thought and, you know, to reflect on what kind of oils you're consuming and maybe taking a step back and noticing this. Um, Yeah, I wanted to share all that with you guys. If you have any questions or you want me to expand more on anything on here, let me know. But I wanted to share this, make it super quick and not too long for you guys. But big takeaway is to mainly focus on saturated fats that are safe and stable and they won't cause oxidation and really lean towards the fats that you enjoy like don't feel like like I felt like I had to use these other options because that's what they people were telling me but I now that I've had added in grass-fed butter and I eat coconut oil and I have egg yolks and not egg whites you know I feel really good and you know my hormones have improved I have a healthy ovulatory cycle now um my blood sugar is more stable it's just honestly so life-changing and my skin's improved it's it's really amazing so just some food for thought today but yeah I hope that you guys had some really good takeaway points from this. If you have any suggestions for topics or ideas that you want me to share on here, please let me know. Um, But I will share a bunch of links down below for more resources if you guys want to learn more on your own and go more into the science or the history um, if that's something that you're interested in. So anyways, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you guys have a great Monday or a great day when you're listening to this. We will have a new episode out next Monday. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, And thank you so much for your constant support. I hope you're hanging in there and we will see you next week.